Hello, Mississippi and beyond, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that brings you the SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined by Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader, Brad Henderson. We're going to talk baseball in the program today. And Brad, this is new and different, man. Uh, Folks, uh, if you don't know, uh, Brad and I produce twice a week by Zoom, and today we are sitting across from one another at uh, Brad's office for Alpha Insurance here on the West Oxford Loop in, in Oxford. And Brad, it's exciting to do something in person after all these uh, after a year and a half of Zoom, it's exciting to do something in person. How you doing? I'm good, Parrish, and you're you're right. It's it's, it's awkward now, kind of being around people, but <laughs> yeah, it uh, it does feel good, and, and I'm glad we're able to do this in person today. Folks, this is a beautiful place. If you need to come out and get a quote or review your insurance needs, uh, just a a really nice uh, office environment. I say that, Brad. What are your uh, protocols right now? Are people coming into the office or uh, what, what's all that like for you? Yeah, we are. We're open for business and, and obviously they're, they're early on. It was kind of by appointment only, but it, it's an open door policy now. And uh, so anybody that's free to, is free to stop by at any point uh, if they're in this area. Now, is it new customers or really the elite customers that that you that you get on get things on the grill and grill for them and take them off into this really nice uh, kind of patio area that I'm looking at outside your office? <laughs> Who gets that treatment? Uh, that's anybody and everybody. But yeah, you're right. We have a nice place here with, uh, off West Oxford Loop in some newer uh, office buildings. But uh, yeah, it's been good. It's a great location, easy to get to, and. Uh, really accessible. Hey folks, come by and visit with Brad Henderson for your insurance needs. We'd also like to thank our partners with the Oxford Park Commission. Registration begins tomorrow for summer day camp. Sign up online at oxfordparkcommission.com or by visiting the Coach Howell Activity Center. Camp will serve ages five to 13, cost just $300 per camper per session. Sessions will run June one to 25 and July 5 to 30. Drop-off begins each day at 7.30. Children must be picked up by 5.30. Games, arts and crafts, swimming and outdoor activities are just some of the events campers will take part in daily, and OPC is looking for lifeguards. You must be at least 16 and have a current lifeguard certification. Apply online at oxfordms.net or contact Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler with questions at Jamie at OxfordParkCommission.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at OxfordParkCommission.com. Brad, big weekend uh, for Ole Miss beginning uh, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Game times are 6-2-1 this weekend at Mississippi State at Duty Noble Field. And uh, I'll just tell you, Brad, I I thought three weeks ago this was a very important stretch for Ole Miss baseball being – uh, at Florida, then at home against Arkansas and at Mississippi State. All SEC weekends are big, but uh, these were teams that were projected to be among the elite in the conference and uh, really a time, an opportunity for the Rebels to kind of you know, stake a claim, uh, build a resume, and uh, they are off to a two and four start in these nine games. Um, 
you throw in the dynamic now of regionals being announced May the 12th. So you, you don't have the ability to make that late push and, and put yourself in position. So big stretch, not, not the be all end all, but big stretch for Ole Miss. Uh, you know, what, what do you, what's your take on where the Rebels are right now and, and what they need to do to be successful in Starkville this weekend? Well, yeah, they, they would love to be four and two over the last two weeks and had opportunities to do it. You know, we've been in every game, and I think that's probably the most disappointing thing in doing the post game with Mike is, you know, it just seems like on the ones we've, we've lost, we, we had our chances and we didn't make it happen. Uh, which on the flip side is a good thing because you're not getting blown out. You know, in all their losses, they've been in every game. They've been giving themselves a chance to win. Uh, but yeah, it's a huge weekend. You know, you, you would love to go down there and get two. Uh, I said at the beginning of this nine-game stretch, uh, anywhere from four to six, I thought, would be good. And we still have an opportunity to get to four or five. Now, I think a, a sweep it will be tough on the road. But, uh, yeah, it, it, and if you can go down there and win the series, then that uh, it kind of boosts you and gets you back going again. You know, we were so good the first two weekends uh of conference play but you know we're still sitting at eight and four second yeah. at the conference we're tied with mississippi state so obviously whoever wins this series will kind of be sitting in the captain's chair for the time being uh, but i think the importance of going down there and winning uh is more to get back rolling because i think the schedule from here on out it's never easy but you get some teams that aren't at the top uh of the standings right now yeah and i thought that there are just so many the season just evolves and changes. Every season does along the way. Uh, some teams that you thought were going to be outstanding turn out to be just okay. Uh, injuries have really taken a toll on Ole Miss. We'll talk about that in a minute, but they always play a part uh, for all teams as the season goes along. And you throw COVID-19 into the mix and it just gets very different. But uh, when you consider the fact that uh, regional sites will be announced May 12th or that week, and you look at the schedule, uh, now they, they say that those, uh, those announcements, those host teams will still be still merit-based, but they obviously have a smaller uh, window to judge you on. Uh, so your whole schedule is not going to be a part of those decisions, which is interesting because for Ole Miss, that announcement comes right before the Vanderbilt series. So Vanderbilt's not going to be, you know, a part of the equation in whether or not there is an, an Oxford regional. And I, you and I looked at the schedule early on, and it was a, a tough SEC schedule, we, we thought, because you, you have Florida and Vanderbilt. You have both of them. Uh, the Rebels don't play Missouri, which, which is struggling. And we, I kind of looked at it and thought, well, and they also don't get to play Tennessee. But now you look at Tennessee and, and you see the, uh, the move that they have made. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really good. Look, the SEC is the SEC. It's going to be difficult uh, every week. But uh, what's your take on the conference as we kind of look at the, the midway point? Well, it's, it's really strong. And you always have a team or two, kind of like Tennessee, that you didn't expect to be there that's there. You know, we don't get Tennessee, we don't get Kentucky, who I think is is down a little bit, uh, and, and we don't get Missouri. So, yeah, it's always tough. Uh, but, again, I think these, these past three weekends is our toughest stretch. And that's not to take anything away from LSU, uh, who will be coming to Oxford next weekend. But, uh, but they're down as far as 
LSU's tradition and, and historically what they run out on the field. But uh, yeah, it's 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 just always a grind. But uh, you know, on the other side of that, uh, Texas A&M, who's usually really really good, uh, you know, they're down a little bit. So we do get them there. Uh, it's just it's just a grind. We just need to play well these next two or three weekends before the uh, before the committee makes a decision on regional sites. Yeah, and, and down doesn't mean bad. You know, <laughs> down right. doesn't mean bad. Uh, down SEC teams can still pick you off and get a game, and that's why those uh, opening sweeps against uh, Auburn and Alabama uh, were so important. I'm, I'm surprised that Auburn at this point has only won one conference game. Uh, I thought when they were – I thought when they were in Oxford, I thought Ole Miss was the better team. I thought that Auburn really competed. I thought it was hard to get their guys out with two strikes. You know, they, they kept, you know, swinging and fouling. And, and uh, you know, I, I thought they just were not bad. And, you know, and, and they made a charge in both games, in both games two and three. And, of course, game one in that series was that one to nothing, Cody Greenhill and Gunnar Hoagland. And, you know, the Rebels were uh, fortunate late and got the home run from uh, – uh, Connor Harris and uh, did I say it right? I'm Calvin. Not, Calvin Harris. I, I knew I was messing that up, missing the name. I, you know, he may be an option at uh, at first base. We saw Harris. You know, had the the was it elbow or shoulder? I think it was shoulder with him. Yeah, it was Tommy John. Yeah, it was Tommy John. So it was the elbow coming off the Tommy John surgery. You know, we haven't seen him in the field much, but that changed. He got in the field, got at first base <clears throat> against Arkansas. Be interesting to see. Uh, if he plays a different role against uh, State this weekend, because that first base kind of been a revolving door. We did see Cale Baker have a huge game against Austin P on Tuesday, and your first thought is, well, it's Austin P. But Cale Baker needed a start. You know, he, he needed to hit well against any opponent, and he did four for four, missed the cycle by, by a triple. But that first base position, just trying to uh, to find some production there, has really uh, really been different since uh, Tim Elko's injury. <laughs> and I know Brad, you and I talked about Tim Lafleur, Tim Lafleur, Trey Lafleur. You know, Tim Lafleur was my PE teacher in the sixth grade. <laughs> That's who Tim Lafleur was. You and I were talking about Trey Lafleur and Kale Baker, and kind of Mike Bianco's need to play those guys and, and give them the first opportunity because that's that's their position. But as uh, you know, as we've evolved now a little bit past uh, uh, Tim's injury, uh, what what do you see in that competition there? Well, I mean, as of right now, I see Kel Baker playing uh, him being the everyday starter until he hits that wall, uh, or if he hits that wall of not producing. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the thing I keep going back to and I haven't gotten an update yet is, uh, is Justin Bench. Yeah. You know, didn't play Tuesday. And, and so that's going to affect a lot of stuff and the wheels will have to start turning again. But as far as first base goes, I, I'm sure Kale will start there tomorrow. Um, and certainly, uh, against left-handers, but uh, if he keeps swinging it like he is, then Kale Baker would probably be Ole Miss's first baseman. Brad, and you mentioned uh, Justin Bench, and, and, and I have not heard an update either. I was going to ask you about that. But, uh, you know, uh, Mike just kind of sprung that on everybody uh, Tuesday night when he didn't play, uh, lower back pains and some things like that, has seen doctors, plural, more than one. Uh, and it's unclear if he will play against Mississippi State this weekend. And if you take him out of the, out of the equation, 
you know, Brad, I, I looked at, at the Elko injury and I thought, man, how is this team going to overcome this? Okay. You lose the SEC RBIs leader. You lose your leader in doubles with seven, home runs with nine. You know, how can you take that bat away and, uh, and be productive? And then against Arkansas, they hit uh, 344 for the weekend. Didn't always get the timely hit, which, you know, we know how important that is. But in the four games that Tim Elko has been away, Ole Miss has scored 43 runs. So it's an offense with options. You'd still rather have him. But when you take him away and take out Justin Bench on top of that, that's I mean, that, that's another big blow. Yeah, it's a lot of veteran leadership, too. And, you know, I guess if, if Justin can't go, and, and I say if because, again, I don't know the right. status of his injury. Uh, I guess you keep T.J. McCants at third and, and you stick John Rice Plumley uh, in center field. But, you know, they, they've played well. They've played well. But you're taking – Clearly, you're taking a lot of offense out of the equation when obviously Tim's not going to play, and if you do lose Justin, so. But again, it's it's next man up, and I don't know how long Ole Miss can continue to say that because <laughs> yeah. they're just they're just running out of bullets. Yeah, uh, just how long will next man up last? I think the Rebels, honestly, in an unusual injury year, I don't remember seeing an injury year like this for baseball, the quote non-contact sport. Um, They've been able to absorb these injuries, and, and, and it still remains to be seen whether absorb is what they do with Tim Elko. They've certainly gotten off to a great start. Uh, but if Bench can't go, and I think uh, uh, Mike gave us a glimpse of what that would be, it probably would be uh, McCants at third and Plumley uh, in center. Um, that bench just gets thinner and thinner, and you don't do a lot of substituting. It's not like uh, – not like basketball where you've got an eight-player, a nine-player rotation. I mean, you, you don't do that level of substituting among your position players in baseball, but you do pinch hitting. And uh, Plumley has been so good in that role this year, late-game replacement or pinch hitter or what have you, uh, coming off the bench. And, uh, you know, you can't, he can't come off the bench if he's already in the game. Uh, I'm sure he'd rather be in the lineup, and, and maybe he will if, if it works out that – that uh, bench is not available, but uh, the depth is—is is the depth a concern for you? As you know, when you stack injury on top of injury. Yeah, well, I think it certainly it becomes an issue because uh, they're going to run into some arms, especially this weekend, that that are going to be dominating at times, and there's going to be times they'd love to go to that bench late in the game and and pinch hit for someone, and it may not be there, uh, you know. We're just kind of running out of bullets, like I said, but you just hope and can, hope they continue to swing it like they've been swinging it, and then you don't have that issue if, if they're scoring runs. But, again, I think this weekend, because of the staff that Mississippi State's going to run out there, that runs are going to be at a premium. Uh, but you got to look at it, too. Uh, we're just going to have to pitch a little bit better, and I think you get better defensively in the outfield when, when John Rice is out there, and that's taking nothing away from TJ. I think he's played really well, but you kind of get that extra step um, with, with John Rice because he's always played outfield and we know the God-given talent that he's been blessed with as far as his ability to run. Uh, so, you know, I think there's some good to come out of it. We, we even mentioned when Tim did, went down the option of John Rice mm -hmm. playing a lot more. Yeah. So I, I think they'll just roll right into it and keep their fingers crossed that uh, no one else gets hurt. 
Uh, let's talk about the injuries a little bit. And I'm, I'm going to run down a, li- <clears throat> a list here, and, and I know that uh, I'm going to leave somebody out. Uh, start with Calvin Harris, okay, That because he was kind of, uh, you know, iffy going into the season. But then you go back to the Texas weekend, opening weekend, shot in with a hamstring. He was out a couple of weeks, okay. You had uh, Trey LaFleur, who was swinging it well, you know, in the preseason, you know, got injured in the preseason, played a little bit, but, you know, never really, you know, kind of recaptured that after the um, after the Texas weekend. And then he comes down with mono. So you've been without trailer floor for time. Uh, Kale Baker injures the hand against Louisiana Tech, has to have surgery. You know, that, that's keeping the door spinning there at uh, first base. He's back. Now, a lot of these guys are back, but I'm talking about people who have missed time. Well, he missed, And he missed the first weekend with COVID. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah, he was a, a COVID casualty <laughs> the first weekend. Doug Nikhazy misses a couple of starts, including the, uh, his first SEC start against, uh, against Auburn. And uh, then Tim Elko, now Justin Bench. I mean, Brad, have you seen – one, have I left anybody out? Yeah, you've left two out. You've <laughs> left uh, – Max Schofie now. Yes. Has, he had the yeah. meniscus tear, and now it's the UCL in the elbow. So, he's, yeah. he's out for the rest of the year. And one we never talk about, Parrish, that, that I think would, would have contributed quite a bit is Jerry Ealy. Yeah. You know, I haven't yeah. played all year because yeah, he you're right. had the surgery. Yeah, and I, and I tend not to think of, of Ely because he hadn't been around all year. Right. You know? And, uh, yes, he, he certainly would have been a – you know, another guy either if, if he wasn't starting, another uh, option off the bench – uh, certainly uh, a guy you'd like to see uh, on the bases. But uh, as as a player, have you seen – did you ever see this type of uh, of injury havoc, I guess, in, in one season? I mean, I know you could have uh, – you know, you, you might get uh, the Tommy Johns and you might get uh, major injuries for uh, guys here or there. But I, I don't recall ever seeing this number of injuries – during a baseball season? I don't think I have, Parrish. And, and I know the numbers are up this year because they had so many more players because of the ability to come back. But I still don't think – I mean, everyone we named were impact players. You know, we're probably leaving off some guys we don't see very much. <laughs> That's right. Um, just because it doesn't get thrown out there that we're having to replace them. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's impact players that were going to contribute, some in huge ways, some in small ways – uh, and it's been all year. It's just been a revolving door that they've had to overcome. And I, I think they've done well to overcome that. Uh, but you look at our first 17 last year before COVID hit, it was the same lineup, same players every day, you know. And uh, you can get in a rhythm. You can kind of get in the flow of things. But they've had to do this on the fly. And they've done a pretty good job up until this point kind of absorbing those injuries. Yeah, it has been an unusual uh, injury season. Let's talk pitching a little bit. Uh, the bullpen had some struggles against Arkansas. Um, then we saw on Tuesday night uh, a name that we haven't seen before, a guy we haven't seen before, Jack Doherty, uh, 6'4", 215-pound freshman from Collierville. Uh, Mike Bianco felt like he needed to uh, no longer redshirt Jack. Jack gets into the game, uh, throws two innings, scoreless, hitless, uh, faces six batters, strikes out five. He's the next big thing, right? <laughs> He's fixing to go into Starkville and mow them down. Uh, realistically, Brad, what is the jump from Austin P 
when you enter the game in the fifth inning and you're up nine to one to being called on, even if you start an inning uh, in the middle of the game uh, at Mississippi State? What, what kind of leap is that that, uh, that Jack faces if he's going to be a part of the picture? And Mike Bianco certainly did not rule that out. But realistically, you know, what kind of challenge does he face to take that step and contribute? Well, it's a huge leap. Uh, and, and, and mentally, you want to take it in as, in as small of steps as you can. So if Jack Doherty makes the trip and, and, and if Jack Doherty sees time at Mississippi State, I think it's in one of those roles that, that's just trying to either stop the bleeding or maybe we have a lead that's big enough to run him out there to eat up some innings. Uh, I, I still don't think, and he was great Tuesday, uh, but I still don't think you run him out there in the eighth upper run. Uh, but he does buy you some time, and we saw that on Sunday against Arkansas. Boy, we sure could have used that type of arm, uh, maybe even in those middle innings when you're down uh, 14 to eight or, yeah. or 11 to nothing. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he's going to. I personally don't think he'll pitch in a high-pressure situation as far as that goes, but it would be great if he could come out, fill up the zone, and, and kind of eat some of those innings away rather than having to burn Myers for two days or, or Derek Diamond now, who will probably be in that Drew McDaniel role of some uh, middle-inning relief. So anytime you can save some of those arms for the high-pressure situations because they've been in those situations before, at this point, would help. Yeah, and what you're describing here is a guy that stretches the bullpen, and and that's important. I mean, if if he or anyone else, okay, because uh, there are a lot of guys that Ole Miss has used so far, and and they've had bullpen success. They did not against Arkansas. It was not a good weekend. They have been better at other times, but uh, whether it's Doherty or anybody, I you know I, I tend to go back to uh, Mike Bianco's comments uh, after Game Three. Uh, against Arkansas when it, he really seemed like he was searching. And, and that's part of that's heat of the moment. Part of that is, is you're, you're right after the series and everything's right in front of you. You see 17 walks and two hit batters. So, so that's part of that as well. I, I don't want to paint a picture of uh, Bianco being desperate at that time. But he clearly said, hey, we're looking for some pieces in front of Taylor Broadway. Broadway's been, uh, been really good. Um, then Doherty comes on the scene, and I, I know everybody looks at that and thinks, wow, you know, just when you're looking for pieces, <laughs> you know. But uh, what did you see uh, in Doherty against Austin P? What, what helped him be successful there? Well, the, the key for me, and I even talked to Mike about this in the postgame, was his, his command and his location. He, his, his misses, his balls were just off the plate. And – all of his strikes, especially on the fastball, were down in the zone where you typically don't get hurt. You know, I don't care if it was Austin Peay or if it's Mississippi State, if the balls are at the knees, you know, rather than the belt, that's what you want to see. And I thought his composure was really good. Uh, and you could see a little bit of a, a little bit of fire in him, you know, coming off the mound, slapping the glove. Uh, it was a big moment, but I just thought the location of his fastballs, if, if he had an O2 count, he'd throw that fastball off the plate maybe six, eight inches, you know, rather than in the other batter's box. Or a lot of times we'll see the high fastball be over the guy's head. He's not between that, you know, you want it up around the ladder. So I just thought he was really composed and uh, the stuff was really good. I think it was neat that he came in this fall and he was 
88, 89, and we saw him hit 94 a couple of times. So it just it's a credit to how hard he's worked uh, since he stepped on campus. Drew McDaniel goes into the rotation in place of Derek Diamond. Just kind of a role change there. I mean, it, it doesn't increase your numbers in the bullpen, uh, but certainly Diamond is capable of coming in and, and, and giving you a lift there uh, in the role that, that McDaniel had kind of evolved into. What do you think of this change in the rotation? Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's good. I think Derek uh, hadn't had his best outings the last two weekends, and, and it's been tough for him, especially second time through the lineup, to get through it. Now, he didn't even get the second time through the lineup against Arkansas on Sunday. Uh, but we've seen Drew be really good and be really good on SEC weekends. So, mentally, Derek will have to stay in the game involved because they're going to use him. I mean, he's going to pitch. He's too good. And I think it's a good move, Parrish. I, I think Derek can be really good for one or two innings, and that may be all we need him to stretch that game and extend that game. So, It'll be interesting to see just because we haven't seen it in a year and a half, but uh, we'll see how it works out. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. You can check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things going on in the group there. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.